Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our podcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. I want to talk to you tonight about a, a sermon entitled, God's Love Letter to You. God's Love Letter to You. How many of you, when you were uh, younger, uh, practiced the art of, of writing love letters to a girl or a boy in your class at school? Uh, anybody ever slip a note in a locker before? Anybody? A few people? Um you know, I guess, I guess those days of communicating are, are over with the age of text messaging and, and different things. Uh, but, you, you know, you, you, you get a love letter or you write a love letter and you, you just pour your heart into it and, you know, you hope and you pray that the person that you're writing that love letter to responds in a positive way. I have a very interesting, um, a very interesting, I don't know what the, the word, the next word is there. Um, in my life, I have never broken up with anybody. I've always been dumped. Everybody, every girl I ever dated has always left me. I finally got one that I think is going to stick around. I hope. But she can have the assurance that I've never left, so I'm here for the long haul. But, you know, I've had those moments where, you know, I'd write those love letters and they would just fall on deaf ears. And, and I wonder sometimes if we're not careful if, if we fit that role as, as children of God sometimes that we know the Word of God is so important, but yet we just don't give it the attention that we should. Not that we don't know it, not that we don't see the importance of it, but we don't give it the attention that we should in our life. I, I want you to think for a moment in your own mind, and you might write this down if you so choose, but you don't have to. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your study of the Word of God? On a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate your study of the Word of God? Some of you may be great, great Bible studiers. What I have learned in my life is that the older you get, you seem to find more time to just study the Word of God and become more knowledgeable in that. And I think that's just a natural process of our faith. But I hope tonight that in our in our time together to share with you some thoughts that will help you not necessarily tomorrow become a Bible scholar, but would hopefully help you take that number and move it at least one place to the positive in your own life and in your own walk with God. So we're going to talk about three things, three ways to to take the word of God and and really make it something that is active and alive in your life. We're going to start with the very first one here. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Moses has died. Aaron has died. The, the leaders of the nation of Israel, the leaders that had led them through the wilderness for 40 years, who had led them out of Egypt, who had led them through the Red Sea, who had led them to the base of the mountain into the presence of God, who had received the commandments and the law from God, who had taken them to the cusp of the promised land, and because of disobedience and lack of faith, uh, led them in the wilderness for 40 years. 
that was a, a great accomplishment. Even though they didn't get to go into the promised land, the leading of God's people, they accomplished many great things to the point that Moses was revered among the greatest of Israelites, especially his law. And after he dies, Joshua steps in to take his place. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you think that that was an intimidating position? To step into the shoes of Moses. Because that's essentially what Joshua did. He stepped into the shoes of Moses. How many of you remember the great baseball coach, Tommy Lasorda? How many of you remember who was the next coach for the Dodgers? I don't remember who the next coach for the Dodgers was either. But I remember a quote that he he made at his press conference. I remember reading a quote. He said, unfortunately, you never want to be the guy that follows the legend. You want to be the guy to follow the guy that follows the legend. Why is that? Because when you follow the legend, who are you always based upon? The legend himself. And when you fail, you, you, and you more than likely will, when you fail to live up to that standard, the guy that comes in after you tends to be remembered more than you. And Joshua finds himself in a situation where he is following the legend. And God is having a personal conversation with Joshua. And he tells him some things that he can do to be successful as the leader of his people. Look with me starting in verse 6. He says, be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So he starts off and he basically, he gives him his mission. Okay? Moses' mission was a lot different than Joshua's mission. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people into the promised land. And I love that statement because God's not telling him what he could do. God's telling him what? What he's going to do. You're going to be successful. But then he's going to give him the reasons why he's going to be successful or how to be successful. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Now listen, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I'm going to boil this down to a very easy point. Joshua's success depended on how much he read the Word of God. The law of Moses was the Word. It was, it was written by God and given to them. And, and it covered so many things. It covered civil law. It covered relationships. It covered how to worship and how to praise God. It covered so many different things. And he said, Joshua, be strong and courageous. You're going to do this. And the way you're going to do this, the way you're going to be successful is if you start out by reading my word. By reading my word. I, I am convinced that every Christian has a great intention of being great Bible studiers because we understand the importance. But if you're anything like I am, and, and I, I mean, I am in a position, I am in a job where I am in a lot of ways forced to study many times. But a lot of times my study, and I've always said this, and I hope you understand this, 
My study is not always for my own personal benefit. My study many times is for the benefit of other people so that I can teach you things from the Word of God. And and I do grow from that, and I do uh, enjoy that type of study, but I, I, I seem to always run out of time to study the things that I want to study. Does that make sense? To find those subjects, I mean, there are, I love it when someone challenges me with something and it makes me study like I maybe never have studied before. I got into a, I got into a great study with some people back a couple of years ago that, that really believed that as Christians we should still obey the Old Testament law. I'm going to tell you what, that made me study in ways that I had never studied before. And I thoroughly enjoyed that challenge. And that opportunity to study in that way, to grow in my own personal faith. But if you're anything like me, after work is over, and after school is over, and after supper is over, and after bedtime is over, you feel like you don't have a lot of time left, or maybe a lot of energy left, to open up the Word of God and to spend some time with Him. I know that I struggle with that. Let me ask you this question. Do you think Joshua had hard days? Joshua is the leader of a nation that is at war. Do you think Joshua's days were long and stressful and tiring? Absolutely. And sometimes we forget the human aspect of these Bible characters. That it was difficult for Joshua to, to, to do what he was doing. And he had hard days and hard times and difficult situations to deal with. But I'm convinced because of the way that the rest of the book plays out and he is successful in everything that he does, I'm convinced that he made the study and the reading of God's word important. For some of you, the first step that you need to take is just simply making reading the word of God an everyday thing or or a majority of the day's Type thing. I want to give you three T's. If you're taking notes, this is something you can write down and take with you. The three T's of your personal Bible study. The first is this, time. When will you be reading? I have learned in my own life that I, I, I work better if I have things kind of planned out and, and scheduled. If I know that at this time I've got to do this, and this time I've got to do this, and then tomorrow I've got to do this. If I've got these things scheduled out, and we schedule out a lot of things. How many of you have most of your week kind of scheduled and planned out already? A lot of you. So why not schedule your time with God? Why not look at your day, look at your week, and say, at this time, this is my time with God? And it's non-negotiable. This is where I'm going to put my time and my energy. It may be in the middle of the day. It may be first thing in the morning. It may be before you go to bed at night. But make a specific time for you to spend in the Word of God. The next T is territory. Territory. Where will you be spending your time? Now, for me personally, it has to be quiet for me to really study and read and, and, and hold on to the things that I'm reading. I've got four children in my house. Most of the time, quietness is not something that exists. If I'm awake, it is not going to be quiet. So a lot of my study, personal or, or, or sermon-wise, or a majority of the time is done in the office because that's a quiet place. That's a place where... 
where I can get away from a little bit of the noise. Other than that, at home, Blair's, Blair's bought these real comfortable chairs that sat over in the corner, got a little lamp set up. I've learned that that's a place, if, anybody, if people will leave me alone, but that's a place that I can sit down and read and study in our home and feel comfortable. And I enjoy that spot. Where are you going to read? And then lastly, the last T is translation. What translation will you be studying from? Well, let me make something clear. I'm not preaching one translation over another, but I do want you to know this. You need to read a version of the Bible that you can understand. That you can understand. If you, um, I study from a number of, of different translations. One of, um, my favorite translations to, to when I'm really wanting to dig into something to study from is the New American Standard Version. Uh, the New American Standard is considered probably one of the best word-for-word -word translations out there. At the same time, the New, Inter uh, the New American Standard Version is a very wordy translation. They use a lot of words sometimes when it could be a more simple, maybe, translation like um, some of your ESVs or NIVs. But, you know, maybe for you, if you're starting out, maybe something like that's not best for you. Maybe you're a long-time studier of the Word of God, and something like that is more up your alley. But you need a translation of the Bible that you are comfortable with, and that you can read from, and that you can understand the things that are being taught from the Word of God. So you need to make it a point in your life to simply start reading the Word of God. Let me give you the next one here. We need to remember the Word of God. Remember the Word of God. Go to Psalms chapter 119. Psalms chapter 119. In verse 11, the psalmist writes, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let me ask you a question. What was the first verse of the Bible you ever memorized? Somebody just, if you remember, let me know. Jesus wept, okay? The first and easiest, right? Somebody else. <laughs> you memorize a bunch of okay. So something from Matthew five. Uh, if, if you're if you're like me and you're kind of from cradle row on John three sixteen, the twenty third Psalm. Those are two that that you're taught from the very beginning. Now listen, when I was in Florence, when I lived in Florence when I was a little when I was a little kid, um, I remember it was in second grade. We had memory verses every week. I'm going to tell you, memorization is not a strength of mine whatsoever, not at all. And of course, at Mars Hill, we had Bible verse. Memorization test. We had a Bible verse every week we had to remember. Well, the teacher had all the Bible verses written on a train under the board in the front of the room. And I made a hundred on my Bible study verse test every three weeks because you would rotate desk every, every week. And the week that I sat on the front row, I made a hundred. To me, it wasn't cheating. If she's going to put it right there for you to read, it's okay to copy, right? Memorization is not something that I'm great at. And when I say you need to remember the Word of God, I'm not talking about memorization, but I'm talking about being familiar with the Word, knowing its core values, knowing the core things that it teaches. I have got, this was a very funny moment in a, in a friendship. I have got my NIV study Bible, which I've had since um, 2002. 
And it's been the Bible that I do the majority of my personal studying out of. And there are passages in that Bible that I can't tell you the book, chapter, verse, but I can tell you exactly on the page where it is. And I was talking to a friend who had the same Bible one time, and he was trying to remember. He goes, he goes, he said, I'm thinking of this verse. He goes, it's in Ephesians. He said it's in the right-hand column of like the third page. And I knew my Bible well enough and his Bible well enough that I could go exactly to that point and tell him what verse he was talking about. My question is this, though. Do you know your Bible that well? Do you, rem- do you study your Bible enough and remember where things are in your Bible so well that you don't have to remember book, chapter, verse? You just know where they are when you open the pages. You're that familiar. See, when you're that familiar with the Word of God, you're going to be able to do what the psalmist wants you to do. He says, I've hidden your word in my heart for one particular reason in this passage that I might not sin against you. I'm so familiar with your word that my first thought is always your word, not the sinful nature of the world. But I have familiarized myself with your word and it is a part of who I am. And then finally, we need to respond to the word of God. You see, all these things take place in a particular order. You can't respond if you don't read. You can't respond if you don't remember. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And this is what James says. James chapter 1, starting in verse 22. He says, Do not merely listen to the word. Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Say that with me. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word does not and does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So I had a moment in my life back a few years ago where I lived out part of this passage. Uh, Blair doing hair means that we usually have the best hair products in the house. And, and I will not lie, I like my hair products. My hair is thick, and there's a lot of it up there, and cheap gel and paste and different things, it's, it just won't hold it. So I like the good stuff. Well, the thing about the good stuff is if you put it in your hair and you don't comb your hair, and you forget, it's going to get gelled hard just sticking up everywhere. And I did that one morning before church. I was going by myself. I don't know why Blair and the kids weren't there that morning. But I had gotten up. I was in a hurry. I had put gel in my hair. I turned around and said something to one of the kids and forgot to comb my hair. And when I got to church, I had a chunk of hair like sticking up over here. Some of it laying here and some of it sticking up over here. I had looked in the mirror and I had walked away and forgotten what I looked like. And I look silly and awful and all those other words that I probably don't need to say from the podium tonight. I look that way. And when I read that, I think about how true that statement is. And the same is true when we read the Word of God and we ignore it. 
when we read the word of God and we ignore it. When he talks about loving your brother and sister and you still hold a grudge, you know what you're doing? You're ignoring it. You're not doing what it says. When he says love your brother and sister and you still have hard feelings and you still play favorites or you still, the list goes on, you're not doing what the word of God says, you're ignoring it. When he says don't gossip and you still are a gossiper, you're ignoring it. When he says to be a forgiving person and you don't forgive others, you're ignoring the word of God. If you wonder why maybe you've not been blessed like others, maybe it's because you've ignored the word of God. Because you've read it and you have not done what it says. And that's how this verse ends. That if you do what it says, you will be blessed in what you do. So it's so important for us to respond to the word of God, to listen to what it says, to read it, to, to take it at, at face value. You know, a lot of things in Scripture are really not that hard. They're really not that hard. Jesus says, come to me. The, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that is still true today. Yet sometimes we try to make the word of God so difficult and so hard, but it's really an easy thing to follow. It, it boils down to what? Love God and love who? Love your neighbors. It all boils down to love. If you love God, you'll do what he says. If you love your neighbors, you'll do whatever you can for them. That's what the word of God boils down to. That, that's his commands. So I, I challenge you tonight with this idea of, of falling in love with God's love letter. That this Bible that I have, that you have, whether it's on your phone, whether you carry a hard copy with you, however you study the word of God, there's so much power in these words. The question is, are you doing what they say? Are you letting them live with you and walk with you and determine every step that you take? And I hope that that is the case. And if not, I hope you'll find the ability to change and be more productive in your study. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I thank you for this time tonight. I thank you for the chance to just open up your word and just encourage ourselves to challenge us, God, help us to, to be hearers and doers of your word. Help us to be the type of people that have faith that can move mountains, God. And that starts with the reading of your word. I thank you for our time, God. I pray tonight for those that need you in so many different ways, whether it be a spiritual need that needs to be confessed. I pray tonight, God, that they will lay those confessions open wide and and leave them at your feet tonight. If it's someone that needs to be saved, God, I pray that they will hear your word, that they will hear that all they have to do is believe in you and be baptized, God, and they will be saved. They'll put be put in, in, in a great relationship with you where your spirit dwells within them and encourages them, God. And, and I hope and pray that if there's someone that needs that tonight, God, that they will make that decision. Be with us as we go out through the rest of our week. Be with our care groups as they meet tonight. I pray that the things talked about will be productive in reaching this community and bringing souls to you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. There is a God. There is a God. He is a If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review 
which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. Our Sunday worship services are at 10.30 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. with Bible classes on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to listen again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for our community.